0: Turn with me, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 21. John's Gospel, chapter 21. We have a bit of a lengthy reading this evening, but I want to get the full story behind what we'll say this evening also. John's Gospel, chapter 21, beginning to read at verse 1. After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them I go a fishing. They say unto him we also go with thee. Then they went forth And entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come. Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them. Children have ye any meat? And they answered him no. And he saith unto them. Cast the net on the right side of the ship. And ye shall find. They cast therefore now. They were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat onto him, him, for he was naked, and he cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, and 150 and 3. And for there was all, there, all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh the bread, and giveth them and fish likewise. Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. We'll stop there. Keep your Bibles open. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own word. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for every head bowed in your presence. For, Lord, even on this holiday season Lord you have filled this house again and we thank you for that but Lord we ask you now that you would take your own word and that you would inscribe it upon each and every heart. Lord for your people that have come who maybe feel weak and weary and down we ask you to strengthen them. For those that have come maybe Lord with difficulties and burdens Lord would you encourage them For those that have come this evening into your house who are backslidden in heart and maybe even in way and in deed, we ask you, Lord, to draw them again with cords of love. For those, Lord, who are wanting more of you, to go further with you, we ask you, Lord, to encourage them. Lord, as our faces differ, so do our needs, but you know all things. So we ask you now this evening, glorify thyself. For Jesus' name's sake we ask it. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus, the ascended, or the risen Lord, not ascended, the risen Lord, he tells his disciples, go to Galilee and I will meet you there. And his disciples go to Galilee. Galilee was way up north in the land of Israel. Sometimes we wonder, why would the Lord send his disciples to, the whole way to Galilee when he was to meet them or he died and was buried and rose again and he could have met them at Jerusalem. Why Galilee? Well, you see, the most of the disciples, save Judas Iscariot and maybe Matthew, who was maybe from the tribe of Levi, all of the disciples were Benjaminites who all came from around the region of Galilee, away up north. And since the Jews had taken our Lord and brought him to Pontius Pilate that he would be crucified. And the Romans took him then and placed him upon a tree and hung him by hand and foot. And since they called for his blood and the disciples were afraid and were scattered, then it was wisdom for our Lord to say, Go home. Go to where you're safe, out of Jewry, and I will meet you in Galilee. The risen Lord had made a promise. The risen Lord had spoken his word. And the risen Lord said, I will meet you there. In our reading, there are seven names only mentioned that are standing on the seashore that day. Where the rest are, I don't know. Were some of them still tarrying in Jerusalem? Were some making their way there? And it's a picture of some people that some people are almost there, ready to meet with Christ. It's a picture of some who are waiting behind in the doldrums and in the deadness of religiosity, the old temple worship that was decimated and devastated and finished by the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a picture there of those who are making their way to glory. Glory. A picture of those who are almost there, ready to come the faith in Christ, trusting in his word, and yet haven't made the full journey, the step towards the Lord Jesus. My speaking maybe to someone like that in here tonight. And maybe the Lord has been dealing with your heart. And maybe the Lord has been speaking deep within yourself. Maybe you haven't even let on. Maybe you've rebelled against it. And maybe you're almost there, but just not quite. You need help then, like the man at the pool of Bethesda. He needed someone to help him into the waters when the angel troubled the waters. I pray tonight you will allow us to help you in, to help you get there, that you will hear the word of God, that we may lead you, point you, through the word of God and his spirit to the Lord Jesus Christ for your own salvation. Here the Lord tells them I will meet you at Galilee. There's only seven that are mentioned as I said. I don't know where the rest of them are. Maybe they're away to get provisions or for whatever reason. You can imagine these men as they're there and they're standing at a a seaside or a shoreline and they start to have doubts. They start to get queries in their mind but what if? What if Jesus doesn't Turn up. What if Jesus doesn't keep his word as he says he will? And doubts come to every man and woman at some time, brother, sometimes sister. There are always doubts that will come to trouble you. Can I say to you tonight, when the Lord says he will save you and keep you, the Lord means that he saves you and he keeps you. Can I reassure you tonight that all who have come through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of Calvary, that when you have come by the way of the cross, you are Christ for all eternity, and no man nor demon of hell can pluck you from the master's hand. Here we have doubts coming, fears coming, anxieties coming, and worries. Sounds like the people just today maybe in here. And they start to look at the seashore and they start to look at the hillside and they start to look to the left and look to the right and there's no sign of this wonderful Christ. Where is he? They wait and they wait again. Then they wait some more and they wait a while longer and there's no sign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter steps forward, he stands up and he He announces four immortal words that many preachers have preached on. He says, I, as for me, in other words, I go a-fishing. Four words that were so important to the Holy Spirit uh, that he had them written in his own word, recorded for time and for eternity. He says, I go a-fishing. Brothers and sisters let's remember and let's be careful the things that we say and the things that we do and the decisions that we make can, will or may affect others. It could destroy lives. Father if you're a father and you're out getting drunk all the time and coming in drunk your children will see you drunk and your children will think that's the way to live. You could affect little lives by the decisions you make and the things you say. And if you go out and you come in and you abuse your wife by the things you'll say and the way you treat her, your son will pick it up and say that's the way. A woman should be treated and he will treat his wife like that. And sister, if you lie it, your daughter will pick it up and your daughter will say to her husband, I accept it for it's okay to live like that. Peter was a man of influence. And Peter stood up and he mentioned these four words, I go a-fishing. In other words, he got up to walk away. And when he got up, he influenced the other disciples. In our reading, we're told that when Peter says, I go a-fishing, they say, we also go with thee. We also go with thee. There's good decisions to be made in life and there's bad decisions to be made in life. And when we make good decisions, that is godly decisions, when we make them, they stay by us and stand with us throughout our life. Our children see it. Our spouse will see it. Our loved ones see it. Our neighbors see it. Our work colleagues see it. They see Christ in our life. And they will follow suit. But if they see you proclaiming the name of Jesus and you're living a life that is a life of sin and a life of waywardness and a life that's ungodly and a life that's worldly and carnal with a mouth like, uh, like a sewer pipe, then they will say, this guy, is this woman is no different than me. And they'll feel fine to walk that way also. I ask you this evening, what decision have you made? What way are you walking with the Lord? What way is your life before God? For your decisions that you make will affect your family and those around you. Youth leaders and Sunday school teachers and our children's leaders are here tonight. And as we look at them, the children will look to you. How is your life? The things you teach them. You will look to me as the pastor, the preacher, the teacher of the church. What sort of a man is he? How does he conduct his life? Does he go into the place of prayer? Does he follow the one he says he follows? Does he love the Lord Jesus Christ? See, people will be led for people are like sheep. Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord led on him that is on the Lord Jesus Christ the iniquity of us all. The decisions you make the things you say may be put down, immortalized to stand before God and answer. Peter says I go a-fishing I'm out of here. Peter's doubts were coming upon him. Don't forget it was Peter. Not only it says I go a fishing. It was Peter who denied him. I know not this man he said when he was approached to say you know Jesus. I don't know him at all. Are you ashamed of your witness for Christ this evening? Are you ashamed of the one who shed his blood for you and bought you with a great price? Are you ashamed to tell your work colleagues? Are you ashamed to tell your neighbors? Are you ashamed to be seen coming to the Lord's house? The hymn writer said, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord, nor to defend his cause. Maintain the honor of his word, the glory of his cross. You see, here Peter, he walks away, he says, I go a-fishing. There is a, a conversation that happens a little later on. There is a condition of Peter's heart a little later on we're told about. And we'll look at that, God willing, in a little moment. But then after that, you have the conversation, you have the condition, and thirdly, you have the confession. All in our story tonight. So the disciples get into a ship, and they go out to sea to do what they think they know best. It says that they went out and they toiled all night. In other words, it was hard. The sweat poured from them. They broke into a cold sweat. The cold night air was breathing upon them, blowing upon them. Their sweat was cooling them down. They worked hard. Peter got such a, a sweat up that he, he, he stripped himself naked. They were tired, they were weary. They're bobbing about in the sea and they're putting in their nets and they're pulling out their nets all night long. And then the day breaks and they realize they haven't caught a thing. You know, they realize, you know, maybe this wasn't a good idea, Peter. It's easy for us to point the finger at big Peter, as they call him. Well, let's not forget that it was Peter who said to the Lord Jesus Christ, through revelation of the Spirit, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was Peter who had the courage of faith to put his leg out over the side of a boat and walk in the midst of a storm on top of the waves, trusting in Jesus. It was Peter who done these things. He was impetuous. He he fascinated. He was there, then he wasn't. He was back and he was forth. And some Christians have a life like that where one minute they're all guns blazing, as it were. One minute they're in love with Christ. One minute they can't do enough nor get enough. They just want more of him. Then suddenly they disappear. Suddenly they don't show up at meetings. Suddenly they, 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 they don't even want to know anything about the Lord for a while because their heart has waned. Vacillating. Scripture says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And Christian, if you are making the decisions that causes you to vacillate, that you're there, then you're not. Will you, won't you? You can, you can't. Friend, let me tell you, everything else crumbles in below you. Your life is like that no stability, no grounding, no foundation. When no other foundation can be laid, when that which is laid, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Build everything upon the rock. Build everything upon Him. Build all your hopes on Him. Build your house on Him. Build all that you have on Him. Build your marriage on Him. Build it all on Christ. And take the decision to trust Him with all of thine heart. Here we have Peter. Vacillates. He goes back and forward. Peter's the one who says, I will go with thee both into prison even unto death. And then Peter says the same night, I don't know the man. Maybe you're someone with a heart that you haven't surrendered fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then tonight, when you surrender, give it all to him here we have a man and he says I go a fishing Neither f- we've been fishing all night and in the morning time they've caught nothing John is known as the disciple whom Jesus loved he looks and there's a stranger on the shore and as he walks along the shore the stranger shouts out to them it's recorded in John chapter 21 and verse 5 Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? (laughs) If you were to bring that down through some of the translations in our accent today or in our dialect or dialogue today, one of the dialogues today would say, Hey lads, you caught anything? Hey lads, notice the personal touch and tones of Christ. Notice how intimate he wants to be with these men who have yet walked away from him. Who really in heart have backslidden and went on their ways. And he wants to be intimate. Hey lads, you're still my friends. Have you any meat? Have you caught anything at all? And they answer him, no, not a thing. What a sorry bunch, eh? What a life, a fruitless life without Christ. And he says unto them in verse 6, Cast the net to the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not all able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. John always speaks of himself in the third person. That disciple whom Jesus loved is himself as he writes this in the third person. So what he's really saying was I was there and I said Peter he looks to the shore there is the stranger lads have you caught anything? Children have you any meat? They say no. He says cast your net to the right hand side. Notice the accuracy of the spirit of God. What a voice to hear. Now the Lord Jesus tells them to cast. He shouts across the water to them. There's a a couple of verses in the book, of, in the Psalms, Psalm 29. And it just seems to fit so well with our Lord. What is it about Jesus that he seems to be able to put all of these Old Testament scriptures out? Like Job says that Jehovah or Yahweh alone treadeth upon the waves of the sea. And what happened when they were in the midst of a storm in the same sea one day? Jesus came walking upon the water. Jehovah walked in flesh upon the waves of the sea. Now I listen to the voice of the Lord upon the waters. Psalm 29 says, Give unto the Lord, O ye. Mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Notice that. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea. The Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Verse 7. The voice of the Lord divideth or controls the flames of fire. All by his voice speaking. Verse 9. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds calf. And discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The same one who spoke and says let there be light. The same one who called the earth forth. The same one who opposed all things by the word of his power. He walks along the shore. And to be so intimate he says Lots. Have you caught anything? How are you getting on without Jesus? Can I ask you backslider how's your life without Jesus? Is it fine? For the backslider who says his life is fine without Christ must never have knew him. Must never have known him. You know, when you get to really know the Lord Jesus and He is your Savior, there's nothing, there's no one that can satisfy you. You can walk away far, far away, but the further you walk, the emptier you feel, and none will satisfy the soul but Christ and Christ alone. Through a backslider tonight, you've walked away. You know the wonderful thing about it is, he wants to be intimate with you. And he comes and he says, how's your life without me? Do you need me yet? Do you want me yet? The voice of the Lord that is upon the waters and breaketh cedars even causes That the hinds the calf, speaks and animals give birth. Who brings forth life. Who speaks to the barren womb. And children are produced. His voice. The voice that when he get into the ship and he says unto the sea, Peace, be still. Or as the Greek would say, be muzzled and shut up. And the sea that was raging and roaring, it means it beat itself out. In other words, it went, oh dear, we're beaten. now. Let's settle down. The ocean, even the very creation, had to bow to the great creator who stood on a boat. <laughs> that voice that said to the sea, that voice who spoke to Moses, that voice who brought them across the Red Sea, That voice who spoke to Moses face to face in the tabernacle, up the mountain. That voice who led Israel like a flock. That voice now stands at the side of the shore. The voice that said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, who was dead four days already, came walking out of the tomb. The voice that raises the dead, he now speaks across the waters he says in an intimate tone hey lads have you got anything? oh how would life be without Jesus? (laughs) do you know the first time you hear that voice and you're not saved and you realise you need him the first time you realise oh what a glorious voice the almighty voice of the voices of voices And he speaks deep into the very personal soul and heart. That voice that speaks to you the very first time you really hear it, not with the ear, but with the inner ear or the heart, that voice speaks and you hear it and you receive it. It's the greatest moment of your life. Peter would cast his mind back to this man walking up ashore as he was with his brother in the ship and they're casting their nets and he says to them follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men now he's in a fishing boat and he can catch nothing and his life is a waste without Christ and the Lord says have you caught anything yet? nothing cast your net to the right side of the ship do you see his grace in this? unworthy they've walked away he's denied him the disciples run away and left him yet he comes and he loves them freely and how the lord loves you freely tonight how the lord loves you and so when he says cast your net to the right side of the ship and let it down that you'll catch a great load and they act upon the bare word of the lord you know, we would cast their mind back to Luke chapter 5. We mentioned it last Sunday morning. When the Lord came and they caught nothing again all night. And the Lord says, cast your net to the right side of the ship. And they went right to the deep waters. And there the Lord had a great multitude of fish just sitting waiting for them. A real blessing. When they act upon the word of God. I believe it was that voice. I believe it was that those words that when Peter heard them, they started to become familiar for they couldn't see the stranger who stood on the shore. They heard the voice and it was the disciple whom Jesus loved, John speaking of himself in the third person. He's letting us know tonight, I was there and I looked and I heard and I remembered, remember John laid his head on his breast at supper and he heard the heartbeat of God. the heartbeat of Christ I'm sure it's a strong beat John says four words Peter said I go a fishing and John says four immortalized words in scripture it is the Lord Peter couldn't contain himself and Peter gets up naked as the day he was born some people say it was a wee fisherman's coat and he wrapped it around him listen if it had have been that what would he need another wee coat for over the top of it the Bible says he was naked you know what nakedness stands for nakedness stands for sin and shame Peter was caught in his nakedness and his sin and in his own shame The shame of denying Christ. And the Lord stands in the shore unexpectedly. Here's a picture of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ there. When he will catch many, people will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And people will be caught on. Which one would you be tonight? Would you be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? Are you a believer? Are you serving Christ or will you be caught on? Someone once says there'll be baimers and beamers. You'll stand before the Lord to receive reward. And some will stand before the Lord with a beamer face. Embarrassed before him. It's caught in his shame. His nakedness. See, when we go back to the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve, and Adam had sinned in the garden and death brought... Sin brought forth death and separation came from man and God. And we're told that the Lord came down to them and Adam and Eve hid themselves. And the Lord comes, Adam, where art thou? And Adam and Eve were hiding and they got the fig leaves and aprons made out of them to to try and cover their sin, their shame, their nakedness. Where art thou, Adam? The Lord knew where he was, but he wanted him to stand out and confess before God. And Adam says, "We hid ourselves when you came, for he heard your voice and we were naked." Here's the voice of Adam. Now he shouts to the voice of Peter, voice across for to Peter, for we were naked. And the Lord, even in the language, as though the Lord turns around and pierces him through, and he says, "Who told you you were naked? Who told you?" See, they were naked, but they didn't know they were innocent. There's no sin until the fall. I've heard people say, it was just a wee mishap. No, don't believe in the fall. It was just a wee mistake. Listen, there was a fall. Adam fell and broke his neck, as it were, before God. The Lord says, who told you you were naked? So from then on, the Lord had to slay an animal and cover their nakedness and their shame. Peter's naked and he's caught on in his nakedness. Gets on the coat and he dives into the water and he comes over to Jesus. And as he comes over, he's, got his, he's dripping wet and the Lord looks at him and later the Lord realizes, or he realizes that the Lord still, you know, it still doesn't make things right no matter how much we try to cover things up. goodness of the Lord the love of Christ excels in this story the Lord pours himself out to Peter and a conversation takes place let's look at it let's go to verse 15 so when they had dying Jesus saith to Simon Peter Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these he saith unto him Lord Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Here was the conversation. And he asked him it three times. I'm not reading the scripture to go over it again. But he asked him it three occasions. Simon, do you love me? Notice he didn't say, Simon, you're so bad. I want to cast you into hell. Didn't say that at all. He says, Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Then, feed my lambs he says it the second time feed my sheep feed my lambs, feed my sheep and he says it the third time here's the wonderful thing about the Lord Jesus Christ and his beauty about him every time he says it the actual Greek gives the idea that the Lord penetrated further and further on further into the heart of Simon Peter I know we think it means, oh, well, he didn't care. Listen, the Lord says, do you love me? You know I love you, and he goes deeper. Do you love me? Do you love me? It's the idea of a sorrowful, because Peter was grieved, and it means that Peter was grieved to a godly repentance. He realized the love of Christ for him, and he says, if he can love me so much, how can I withhold my love for him? And that's the thing, when you realize how much you're loved, then you'll want to love him back in return. He says, do you love me? And the conversation goes on more than these. Some people say, he was asking, Simon Peter, do you love me? And points to the fishing boats. Do you love me more than all of these fishing boats? Because you chose them, I go a-fishing. Do you love me more than the things you know? Do you love me more than the world and their pleasures and where I brought you from? Is that what you want, Simon Peter? Do you love me more than they? Could well be. Maybe that's what he means. There's another one some people say he means Simon Peter and he points to his disciples whether there were only six at this time or the rest had come I don't know but we're told there's another six Simon was seven and he says Simon and he points to the disciples one by one do you Simon love me more than John and so on right round more than these do you love me more than friends and family do you put me first you know that I love you, Lord. You see, Simon couldn't say, I love you more than the fishing boats, because he said, I go fishing. And he couldn't say, I love you more than the other disciples, for he was the one who said, Lord, lo, all will leave thee, yet will I not leave you. In other words, he's saying, Lord, see these other disciples, They might run away and leave you when you're arrested and go to be crucified. They might leave you, but I will never leave you. I love you more. And he was proven wrong. Boy, how can we get so pumped up in our own selves to think, you know, I love Jesus more than you love Jesus? (laughs) He says, Simon, whether it was the boats or the fishermen, the disciples, whatever it was, at the end of the day, nothing should come before Christ. The hymn writer says, The greatest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. Do you love him tonight more than the work, than the pleasures? Do you love him? more than the gifts it gives. So the conversation was, do you love me more than these? Remember, Simon Peter was the one who said in Matthew chapter 16, in one occasion he says, when the Lord says, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Some say thou oh, art Jeremiah or, or Elias or, or, or one of the prophets. And he says, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, you have had a revelation of God. Can I ask you believer, those of us who profess Christ, have you had an experience, a revelation from God of his son? Power to Christ. Through you and by you and because of you alone can I be saved Lord. For if you're trusting in any other thing or coming in any other way, then you're like a thief and a robber and you will not enter the kingdom of God. Yet on the same chapter, chapter Matthew chapter 16, the Lord speaks about going to Calvary and he's pouring his heart out before his people. Old Simon Peter comes up and, he's, and he says, and be it far from thee Lord this shall not be unto thee don't you go to Calvary Lord and the Lord says get thee behind me Satan same man, same chapter I don't mean to hammer Simon Peter tonight because we're all like that at times aren't we so this man says you know that I love you Lord I want to look, that was the conversation that went on. The condition is a little different. The words here for love. Do you love me, Simon? And he says, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. The words love here, there are two different words used. The Lord uses the word agapeo or agape. And Simon Peter uses the word phileo. Simon, do you love me with an agape love? Lord, you know that I, phileo, love you. What's the difference? Agape love is, it gives the idea that it's a love that's called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. In other words, you were God's object and you called the love out of his heart. He knew you from before the foundation of the world and he called, you called the love out of his heart. Just like you do with your children, they don't do anything to be loved. They don't try to be loved. They don't perform to be loved. They don't work to be loved. Parent, you know what I'm speaking of. You just love them. That's a Gappy love. Fellow love is when we love someone because it's beneficial for us and we do feel for them greatly. And there's many of us are like Peter tonight. When things are going well, we love you, Lord. When things can be beneficial to us. We go and pray to you, Lord. You know that I love you, Lord. Now bless me. No thing is he'll bless you anyway, because he loves you. When you're looking for that job, you pray it unto the Lord. See, you loved him for something, not for whom he was. He wasn't precious to you. says Simon can you love me just for being me for who I am Simon can't say those words for he denied him thirdly and finally as a quick point I want to bring out to you when Simon Peter in his confession he says I go a fishing the word I go here I want to just clarify it It gives the idea, it means to denote a final departure from one who ceases to be another's companion. Some say maybe you just went to try and get food till the Lord showed up. That's not what the Greek word means. Simon Peter was standing there, and it's the word, it gives the idea of one who will walk away for a final time and leave the company. go a fishing the Holy Spirit sees the word in pen and he left the company to go for good the word go a fishing or the word a fishing it's a translation of the verb hallelujah and it means it's the action which is durative in other words it is progressive and it is constantly going on it is given in the tense that Peter as a fisherman announces that he is going back to his fishing business permanently. That's the way the Greek reads it. I am believing for good and it's the final last time. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've said that and you don't want to go on with the Lord. And you don't want to know Jesus. Maybe you've acted like that, but you know something. He still loves you. He came to Peter and he says, Do you love me? Do you love me? That is the confession of Peter. I close with this there's a little verse. And by the way, through Peter's epistles later, after he's filled with the Holy Ghost at the Day of Pentecost, Peter starts talking about the precious faith that's given and imparted to us. He talks about the precious blood of Christ. He is precious. In other words, Peter realizes it's called out of him. He talks about, unto those who believe he is precious. He sees our precious praised possession that is agape when we love him at all times with all our hearts and we want to serve him and follow him but listen to this verse and this is it in the negative and we'll finish first john chapter 2 and verse 15 we're told love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him believe believer, here's the thing. The word love is agapan. It's the agape, is the root word. And it means if the world calls your heart, you can be tried, you can be tempted, you can be tested. We all are. That's natural. But when the world means so much to you, that Jesus means nothing to you, then we have to look and say, whom do you love? If it calls you where you can't deny it, if it calls you where you can't resist it, then what about Christ in your life? The love, the agape of the Father. In other words, the love called out toward the Father. It isn't in you. Did you ever love him or know him? I trust tonight we'll leave here saying, Lord, I love you with all my heart. going to ask Gary and the team to finish for us we're going to go home, thank you for your attention it's been tremendous we could have went on and on and on with that but sure I've went on and on and on enough tonight the Lord bless you the Lord bless you thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for your attention and for all the leaders who have worked all day as well and all week the Lord bless you if you're not saved, might just say us before you go out. For he loves you. Doesn't matter what you do, he still loves you. Doesn't matter where you go, he still loves you. And he wants to be intimate with you, save you for time and eternity. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Gary and the musicians.